welcome to Your Bright Future with Mr. LD. And Mrs. J. Glad you're here. Um, today, we're going to be talking about control and, and just the power that that could bring into our lives and our students, our children's lives. Um, it's, a, it's a common theme that we talk about with our students, and, and, and there, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I, I mean, some of the stuff... So many of us have big things in our lives. Mm. I don't know about you, Tanya, and you listeners, but I get stressed about some of these big things in my life that, you know, and lose sleep over things that I really can't control in my life. And and I know that's the case for many of our students, whether that's family stuff. I mean, they get stressed about, you know, politics that I can't imagine worrying about when I was a seventh grader. No, but we hear kids talking about <laughs> politics a lot. Um, the climate, yeah, that's yeah. one of the things you worry about. Yeah, environmental stuff and degradation and, yeah. and just these big kind of worldwide problems. And, and it, of course we do because because in our technological information age, we're always being bombarded with it. And yeah. it's, it's easy to have these things on the forefront of our mind. But if you scale back and think, what can I actually control? Often, yeah, are there things you could do? Of course. But often these big, big things, we don't have a lot of control. But as a counselor, just working with one-on-one students, often it's the family stuff. There's students that have tough family dynamics and tough things going on in their lives. And it can be very um, a, a struggle for students to just be like, oh, my gosh, all these tough things happening in my family. And as a sixth or seventh grader, often they do not have a lot of control there. Right. Can they do something? Of course, but but it, sometimes that's very limited. Uh, and friends as well. Like that's know, another totally. huge piece where kids are always wanting to come in. They want to control their friends or they, they want to have <laughs> control over what other people say or do. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we spend a lot of time talking to them. We can't control what they do. Yeah. You can only control what you do. And so we just wanted to dive in a little bit deeper and maybe share some good ideas about how we can teach this concept of control in, in our kids' lives. Yeah. And I, I think this is, a, personally, this is honestly like a guiding philosophy in my life for my mm-hmm. own happiness and everything. And I and one way, there's a couple different ways I love to explain it or tackle it for myself and for students. Um, but one is, is just talking about that life can be difficult, right? We all have pain. Every one of us, you know, that's can is a human being that's lived through this existence, has had heartbreak, has had tough things, has had physical pains, emotional pains. That is inevitable. But part of it is when we re- I, I love this equation. I, I read this in some book. I don't even remember what. But pain multiplied times resistance equals suffering. Again, pain's going to happen. We don't want it to happen, but it's going to. There's going to be, like I said, there's physical pain, sickness, tough things that happen in our life. But when we resist those pains, especially when they're inevitable, that causes us additional suffering. For example, let's say a student comes to my office, like like you said, Tanya, and they're worried about their friends. There's just all this drama going on with their friends or, or maybe the, their best friend's hanging out with someone new and they're jealous and feeling hurt by that. And, and again, that on some level is inevitable that those kind of things happen. But then they agonize over it and yeah. they just think, oh, my gosh, what did I do wrong? On the weekend, they sit home and, and worry about what their best friend's doing with these new people. And that is that multiplication part that creates that additional suffering for them. And, and if you're to pause and just say, can I control this friend? Can I control these things? Usually the answer is no. And so, of course, we acknowledge that, that pain. We don't just ignore the pain. We do what we can, but then we will let go. And that, that 
you know, controls a lot of the suffering in our life. Um, a similar idea, ang- if you think of anger, when we feel anger, one of the cliche examples I like to think of is like if you're cut off while driving, you know, it's so easy to feel a, a quick pulse of rage, you know, yeah. toward whoever cuts you off. So often anger comes from things we wish were different that we can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be, again, sickness, that could be other people, that could be, um, you know, what, what have you in your life, things that we don't like the way that they are. And learning to, you know, embrace control and focus on it a certain way can teach us that. Um, I, I have this little Venn diagram that I love to show students to. And one of the circles, you know, Venn diagrams where you have two overlapping circles, one of them is things that matter, because there, are there important things that matter in life? Yes, of course. And then the other circle is things you can control. And obviously there's a little intersection where those happen. And, and, and the big caption is, this is where you should focus. Because so much of time, our mental energy with our students, with ourselves, we spend time on things that don't go into that little Venn diagram. Either things that don't matter in our lives or things we can't control. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, is just a recipe for frustration, anger, sadness. And, and again, so that's kind of the big why we wanted to talk about this. And, yeah. and you found an interesting article that kind of had some tips and, I did, and yeah, ideas. from Inc. Uh, magazine. And it was talking about the ways that you can kind of foster this mindset in your life about like what, how to let go of the things that, that aren't in your control or that maybe don't matter as much and how to develop more levels of control in your life. And so the first thing that they said is to determine what you can control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we do this a lot at school with the kids in our lessons. We'll, we'll talk about like, what are the things that you can control? And so we kind of identify those things. Like you can control your own behaviors. You can control your own attitudes. You can control how much effort you put into things. <laughs> um, you can control, you know, the things that come out of your mouth and the things that go into your brain. Like there's certain things that the kids can control. Um, but there are a lot of more things that they can't control. Yeah. They can't control others. They can't control, you know, their environment. A lot of times they, they're in an environment and that is where they have to be because mm-hmm. they're here at school and they can't really control that too much. Um, but once you identify those things that are, that you can control, then that gives you a place, like Jared said, where you can focus your energies Mm -hmm. and your, your time and your effort. And so making those lists are good. Um, and I think that that would be a good thing to do with parents as well, because I think parents, you know, we talk about those things in school quite a bit, but I think at home, you guys could talk about how those things generalize to other parts of life and, and how your family maybe has control over things. Um, as a as a group that maybe a, a person, you know, the student might not mm-hmm. individually. Um, the second thing they suggest is to focus on your influence. So again, where those t- circles overlap, right? Mm-hmm. You ha- you can only you can only do what you can do. Um, and so to have the most influence, we focus on changing our own behavior. So when I have a student in my office, I you know sometimes what will happen, they'll come in and they'll be like, well, th- so-and-so said this, and they were being mean, and they took my backpack, and, and, I, and I'll talk to them about what they can do. And they mm-hmm. sometimes get a little bit frustrated with me. They're like, well, why are we talking about me when <laughs> we should be talking about that kid and what that kid needs no, to do different sure. and how that kid made a mistake and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's what I try to teach them is, but can we control that kid? Can we control what he did? No. But when he does those things, you have choices. You no. can act in a certain way you can, you know, you can take certain steps. And so that 
is what really determines our happiness. It's not what other people are doing around us. It's what we choose to do in the face of those things. No, for sure. I, I, I mean, that made me think, you know, just things we can't control for all of us are past, right? Mm-hmm. You know, tough things that have happened, whether that's heartbreak or, or just sad things. And we, I personally spend a lot of time, you know, kind of reflecting and thinking about those things. But, but exactly what you said, learning to focus on things we can control. And, and honestly, I always tell students, and of course it's cliche coming from a school counselor, but school is something they can control. Yeah. You know, uh, their home life, their social life might be totally out of control in their lives, tough things going on. But school is a place that they could come. They have adults who care about them. And they could, they can control it. And obviously, not all students, you know, have the same aptitudes and, and abilities. But they can control what they do here at school, in their classes, and with their friends, and those kind of things. And so, I try to empower students, you know, with yeah. that perspective as well, because it can be such a great sense of control. And that's what it's all about. I mean, con- the reason we want kids to have control, we all want control in some ways in our lives, because that's what gives us meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And so. We have to feel like we have some ability to navigate this life and, and affect other people and because that's what makes us feel like we're a part of the whole. And so it's really a critical part of being resilient. Um, yeah. It's one of the seven C's of resilience, control. <laughs> and so we really do feel like this is an important skill for kids to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, next on the list is identify your fears. And so really um, what this one is talking about is, you know, what are you afraid of if you don't have that control. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if something happens that's maybe outside of what you expect, or maybe you have this perfect outcome envisioned and something doesn't turn out exactly the way you want it, like what, is, what are you afraid of? What might happen? And so I like the article because it talked about how, you know, usually the worst case scenario isn't mm-hmm. as bad as we envision. Like we always, our brains try to prepare us for the worst case scenario because that's our brain's job is to protect us and to help us prepare for the worst. But most, more often than not, it doesn't really happen that way. Um, and when we kind of let go of some of those fears, then it opens us up for other paths and things that can happen that maybe if we controlled it so tightly and made everything happen just the way we want, then we would miss out on some of the opportunities that life brings Mm -hmm. that are kind of random or kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, serendipitous that aren't necessarily something that we've planned, but something that could come because we let go of those fears. I love that. And and open up for our own creativity, right? Mm -hmm. When we don't obsess over those things. That's a great perspective. And, and, and so often I do this, we all do it, I'm sure on some level, but I feel like I'm a king of catastrophizing, right? (laughs) So I love, you know, identify your fears. What are you actually afraid of? And, and I love my, well, my brain loves to catastrophize thinking like, well, if this happens then my life will be over, you know? And, And usually, I mean, generally in my life, do tough things happen? Yes, of course. Is it usually that very worst case scenario? Absolutely not. And, yeah. and, and kind of putting things in perspective that way as well. Yeah. So we wanna, we'd want kids to focus on the positive, not that stinking thinking, we call <laughs> it, right? Sometimes we call it that. Um, the other, the next step four, differentiate between ruminating and problem solving. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we teach kids at school as well as like this problem solving model where they can identify the problem brainstorm some different solutions, pick one that they think will work and then implement it and try to see if they can make a change in their lives. Ruminating where you're just in your head because mm-hmm. you're worrying about what might happen and and you're thinking about all you know the different things, that's not usually helpful. 
um, because you're not doing anything to that's productive, yeah. right? But um, but if you're thinking to solve a problem, or if you're start you know thinking through those different scenarios, then that's a very different uh, that's a di- very different mental process than just ruminating and just sure. running those worries around in your head until they kind of make you crazy. And so um, so if you catch yourself to do, doing that, ruminating rather, it, the advice in the article is change the channel in your brain, <laughs> right? So switch over to a to a more productive way of thinking where you're thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I say? Where is my influence mm-hmm. again? Focus on the things that you actually can control and then come up with a plan for, for that. Sure. And, and as an expert ruminator myself, I there mm-hmm. is such power in that because my brain default loves ruminating on those kind of tough things that we all have again but it's and and I think evolutionarily our brains are programmed to do that but Mm -hmm. kind of breaking that cycle and breaking out and and honestly I mean kind of we talked about in our last podcast on gratitude focusing training our brain to ruminate on the good things and really savor I think is a powerful you know opposite word for good is savor the good in our lives because we all have good when I bring students down and kind of say you know you're you're getting stuck on this tough things let's talk about some positive stuff in your life or about yourself. And, and it can be difficult to do that if you're not yeah. used to it, but that could be a powerful, I, I think, and antidote to the ruminating. Okay. So then once you've gotten that into that problem solving frame of mind, then what we want you to do is create a plan to deal with things that when they're hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a couple things here at school, um, that, uh, we've kind of come up with to help kids manage their stress mm-hmm. levels. And uh, one of them is the selfie. So Jared, do you want to explain yeah, what yeah, that yeah. is? See if I can remember off the top of my head. But we always, this is an important acronym. We use it a lot, especially how we talk about screen time and tech use. But essentially we want to remind kids with these key things, these basic things that help with happiness and, and, and with stress. But essentially I think the first one is is sunshine? No, no, no. That's no, the other. I think it's sleep. Sleep, sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To get good sleep. Sleep. So we get enough sleep when many of our students do. Do not eat healthy. Yeah. Um, light. That's the sunshine. Yeah, to be light, out in light. sunshine. Get out in vitamin D and just get outside in nature. Those are those are so important. The F is for fun. So Have you're fun. doing things you enjoy, right? Especially off of screens. Um, I is for interaction, or I say like in real life, you know, do yeah. things with other people, get involved here at school, get in clubs, get in sports, you know, whatever it is, but get involved, interact with people. In, Have real experiences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get involved in real life. Um, what's the last C? Uh, I'm forgetting <laughs> the last D as well. That, that's that's good of us. But anyway, it's a great it's a great little framework for kids to remember. exercise. 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 That, that's yes. it. No, we come to. <laughs> um, so exercise. Yeah. So it's a great little framework for students, for all of us, to remember that these are the things we should be doing every day in order to help us to deal with any kinds of stress. Yeah. Right. There's other ways as well. You can meditate. You mm-hmm. can, um, you know, do a hobby 
you can read books, like you can just do things that you enjoy. And that's always a great way to help cope. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have unhealthy coping strategies in your life, then that's, that's a good thing to try to eliminate as well. Because a lot of us do, we, we deal with stress in unhealthy ways. And then that just adds to the things that are out of our control, right? Like often it be, often it can turn to addiction or things like that. And then that just is another way that we lose control in our For lives. Sure. And so I want to make sure that we're, you know, dealing with things in a good, healthy way. And then I love this last one. It was develop healthy affirmations. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading this, I was like, yeah, I, I have a few of these myself. But but one thing, two phrases that they mentioned in the article is uh, make it happen. So whenever they they catch themselves saying, like, I hope I do okay mm-hmm. today, or you know, I hope this turns out, or I hope everything's all right, they remind them that they're in control by saying, well, I'm going to make that happen, mm-hmm. right? And often when kids leave my office, I'll be like, go have a good day, mm-hmm. you know, make it, make it happen, you can do it, mm-hmm. and, and remind kids that it's in their power, yeah. it's in their control to be able to choose if they're going to have a good day or not. And then the second phrase is, um, I can handle it, or mm-hmm. often I'll tell kids, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think those two are kind of hand in hand, but when they find themselves thinking about something they have no control over, like the weather or you know, things in their family or with their friends, then they can, you know, think about like, I hope it doesn't rain on Saturday, but if it does, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. For sure. Yeah. Right. Or I can handle it. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so those are the phrases that, that I think if you get in the habit of doing that, then that helps you to let go of those catastrophic predictions and the rumination <laughs> and all the things we've talked about, because it can let you recognize like, hey, that's something that right now, I hope it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, but I can't really control it. So if it does happen, it's okay. Yeah. It'll be all right. We'll we'll get through it. Totally. And, and history has shown that, right? We, even students that have some of the toughest situations, they're still here. Mm-hmm. They're, they're making it to school for the most part. And, yeah. and they're, they're making it through these tough things. And even though their brain, again, wants to self-select some of that tough things, they can handle it, and, yeah. and that's good to remind them. Um, I have two books that I wanted to kind of highlight as well that I've read that I think are really fun. There's, there's a children's book some of you may have experienced, and my five-year-old loves it. So it's a little young for this age, but maybe not, and, and many of you parents do have younger kids, but there's a whole series called What Should Danny Do? You know, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure children's book, but my five-year-old loves it. And and you kind of go on these branching things where Danny goes to his day at school or on vacation or whatever, and he makes different choices and situations. And the whole underlying thing is the power to choose, you know, and and kind of focusing on control. An example, he's running late to school and, and... He's playing in his room, and his mom tells him to get ready. Should he go do that right now, or should he keep playing? And my my son loves going through all the different Mm -hmm. branches of that and seeing how his day is going to go based on the power to choose. So I love that. Another one that I read this summer that's helped me a lot is called Chatter. This one definitely more geared for adults, but... I just that idea in our head that naturally ruminates on some of those tough things or things we don't control and and how to kind of quiet that voice in our head. And one little tip that it had that I've actually been trying to use in my own life is, and and it sounds kind of crazy, but talk to yourself in third person. And when you notice yourself ruminating or kind of doing the negative stuff. So for example, I find myself ruminating on something I can't control that's stressing me out. You know, in my mind, I just say, Jared, you can, you know, kind of what you already said, you can do this, you can make it happen, or you can handle it. Mm -hmm. Or Jared, 
you know, when I'm frustrated with things at home or my wife and I have a little conflict, let it go, Jared. And, and, it, and it's interesting just saying that my name in my mind has, does have some interesting power in that yeah. situation. So Well, and that makes me think sometimes when I'm with kids who are being so hard on themselves and stressing out and like worrying about things, they can't, I say, well, what would you tell a friend mm-hmm. in that situation? Yeah, I think no, it's the I same kind that. of idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because often kids will give great advice mm-hmm. to other people. But when it's themselves, they they sometimes they get hung up on the things like that they can't do or that they think they can't do it, and and so when they when I have them voice those pieces of advice that they would give a friend, and then turn it to them and say, now let's let's see if you can follow that yeah, advice, no, right? It's the so same it's kind of idea. Just like give yourself that little pep talk and say, you know, you can do this. It's 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 all right. And if you are too focused on things that are out of control, then help to, you know, turn your kids focus into those things that they can control and mm-hmm. think about the things that they have in their power. And I think that the more that they can learn how to do that and make those good choices, then the the more resilient they'll be, the better off they'll be in the long run, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and as always, we, we would love to hear from you if this is a important thing in your own life or with your students. And, and we're a team. We're, we're always wanting to, I mean, the most important lessons in any student's life are the lessons they learn at home. And we're just fortunate enough that we get to work with your students, you know, a few hours each day and and, and be here as, as trusted adults in their lives. And But we want to help you and, and have you help us in, in our mission of helping our your, your children be as happy and successful as they can be. And this is just one little ingredient in, in that path. For sure. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing with others. We want to get the word out about this podcast so that we can be um, partners with as many parents in our school as possible. So appreciate you and we look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you so much.